turn to John 14. I want to talk this morning, uh, just for, it's almost a simple truth, but I think sometimes some of the simple things we kind of lose sight of. And I just kind of think, if you've got, we've got a revelation of what I'm going to share this morning. I just think it would just, just transform us and change. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we'll the next few weeks, but I want to talk about the Holy Spirit being our helper. The Holy Spirit, our helper. I think after this Pentecostal believers, we've, we, we, can, we kind of know the Holy Spirit by certain outward things, but have never really understood that the Holy Spirit's a person. Amen? And so I want to talk, really, as we go on, uh, about really having a, a, a personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And to know particularly the Holy Spirit as our helper. Isn't that great? The Holy Spirit is your helper. And I think sometimes we, we know in our heads there's something in our hearts that's really never grasped the fact that the Holy Spirit is my helper. Can you say amen to that? Okay, let's look at uh, uh, one verse. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. Um, we're going to look at a lot of other scriptures as we... Just think about this great truth, the Holy Spirit, our helper. Say he's my helper, amen. John 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will bring remembrance all things I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now as the world gives, do I let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to read that verse, uh, verse 26, from the Amplified Version, okay? But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall. He will remind you of things to bring to your remembrance. Everything I have told you. Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's God. The Holy Spirit really is God in us, empowering us to live the life that God has called us to live. God has called you to live this incredible, awesome life. Amen? But he knows you can't live it in your own power and strength. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to empower you, to enable you to live the big life that God called you to, to live. Amen? I think I shared a few weeks ago, remember that? Remember I talked about the, the Indian? who said, I don't want little Holy Spirit, I want big Holy Spirit. Remember that? And that's what God wants. He doesn't want you to have a little Holy Spirit. He wants you to have big Holy Spirit. He wants you to live a big life, an empowering life, a strong life, a great life. Because that's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. And I was thinking a lot of terms, a lot of names that we could have, could have used for this, but we could have used the word counsellor or the word comforter. But there's something about the word helper that sums up so much of what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to help you. Amen? Help you in your job. How many want help in their job? Amen? A lot of people, their hands are for that one. Uh, 
Help in their marriage. Only put one help in their marriage. Everyone's got their hand. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Angie's got two hands up. <laughs> if you're an England supporter, who needs help? Hey! <laughs> Yeah, there's no help there. Some things are beyond redemption. But, uh, but the Holy Spirit is your helper. To help in every realm of life. And, and I, I just think the Holy Spirit is a guide. He, he helps us in every area of life. Here's something incredible about the Holy Spirit. He does everything for us that Jesus do, did while he's on earth. Isn't that amazing? Often we say to ourselves, wouldn't it have been awesome to have been around with Jesus, where Jesus was? How many would love that? You know, to have him speak to you, see the miracles he did. You know, if you have a tax problem, he tells you how to sort it out, how many would love that idea? Uh, you know, in every area of life, if ever the disciples needed a word of wisdom, a word of encouragement, a word of direction, Jesus was there to tell them what to do. Every situation they faced, where they felt weak and unable to do, he was there to help them and guide them and be there for them. He met their every need. Now here is the incredible thing. Jesus said, it's to your advantage I go away. The disciples were thought, well, how is that to our advantage? How can we gain by you leaving and going. And he says, this is why it's your advantage. I'm going to send you another counsellor, one exactly like me, who's, who, as I was to you physically, so the Holy Spirit will be to you. So the same relationship that the disciples had with Jesus, we have with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? We have. He gives us the wisdom that we need. He gives us the strength that we need. He gives us the ability that we need. And in fact, the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit is greater than the disciples had with Jesus because Jesus was with them, but now the Holy Spirit is where? Within us. Far greater, is that right? Isn't it wonderful? And Jesus says, His Holy Spirit will come to help you. And if you'll be sensitive to Him, sensitive to Him, He will enable you to live the abundant life that Jesus died to bring us. He'll provide everything that you need. He'll give you all the ability, all the strength, everything that you need to be a mighty disciple for Jesus. The Holy Spirit, our helper. Can you say amen? Our helper. Here's the problem. I don't think we fully grasp the reality of that. It's like having a mobile phone and using a payphone. Remember the payphones? If you say to kids they're payphone, they go, what's that? What's a payphone? And often we're like that, but we've got this amazing resource in us, this amazing ability, this mobile power in us, and yet we're not relying on him. We're not trusting the person within us. The Holy Spirit, our helper. Go to John 14, verse 1. Oh, I'm glad that everything Jesus did in the flesh with his disciples, the Holy Spirit 
one, two, three. It, 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 just, I just, it staggers me. It's so awesome. It's so amazing. It's so incredible that I can have this kind of relationship through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? And yet often we don't depend and use what God has given to us. Look at John 14, verse 1. I just want to get a hold of this. It says, notice it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Ever thought about that verse? Let not your heart be what? Troubled. Here's the question. Are you right now living with a troubled heart? Is your heart full of trouble, trouble, it's not trouble, trouble, worry, anxiety, stress? Is that what your heart is? Because Jesus clearly says right there, let not your heart be troubled. So if my heart is troubled, it's because I've allowed my heart to be troubled. Because he clearly says, don't allow it to trouble you. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Here's the point. From chapters 14 to verse 16, Jesus tells you why you don't need to let your heart be troubled. Because from John chapter 14 to John chapter 16, it's Jesus' greatest teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit. He teaches more profoundly, more than anywhere else, about what the Holy Spirit will do and what the Holy Spirit will be to you. And they're actually saying, don't let your heart be troubled because I'm sending you another helper. I'm sending you another counsellor. I'm sending another person who's going to be with you forever. So you don't need to let your heart be troubled because I'm sending you someone else to help you in your trouble, to help you in your pressures, to help you in your problems. I'm sending you another helper called the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Therefore, don't let your heart be troubled. And so these other... So from, from 14 to 16, Jesus begins now to teach on how to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 12. If you go to verse, uh, John 16, verse 12. It says, I have many things. He says, I, however, when the, whole, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he is, he will speak. He will tell you all things. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so forth and so forth. Throughout this, Jesus is talking. If you go down to, go down to chapter 14, I knew I'd like, chapter 14, verse 18, because get a hold of this one. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. That's a powerful term. I will not leave you as an orphan. I think, one of the most, I think one of the most devastating things can happen. It can be a child, maybe five, six, seven, eight, who loses both of their parents. If you've ever known children or experienced that, you know some of the devastation, well, that feels as an orphan. To lose your parents at that age, you know what it feels like? A sense of feeling alone. A sense of feeling no one loves you. No one's interested in you. No one cares about you. No one wants to be involved in you. That awful feeling of aloneness. That awful feeling there's no one there for you. 
No one to speak words of love and encouragement and support. And Jesus uses that term to say, I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm not going to leave you feeling alone. I'm not going to leave you feeling powerless. I'm not going to leave you where you feel you've got no one to turn to, no one to help in your troubled situation. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. The greatest issue in our earth today is an orphan spirit. People experiencing and feeling fatherless. It's absolutely devastating the nations of the world. That's why, do you know, when the great revelations will come in the last days where God says, I'll return the hearts of the children back to their fathers. There will be a new spirit that will work. I'll break the orphan spirit. You know, you can have real parents, great parents, but still feel like an orphan. Still feel like no one cares. You can be in a crowd and still feel alone and no one there for you. But here's what Jesus says. I'm not going to leave you in that condition. I'm not going to leave you feeling like you're alone and powerless and you've got no one to turn to. You've got no comfort, you've got no strength, you've got no enablement in life. I'm not going to leave you in that condition. I am going to send you another counsellor. Can you say amen? He's going to help you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to comfort you. And if you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, he'll be the best friend you ever had. The Holy Spirit will be the best friend you've ever known, you've ever encountered, if you would open your heart to him. And here's what Jesus is saying. He said, if you don't really open your heart and embrace the person of the Holy Spirit, you'll live your life like an orphan. You'll live your life like you're powerless. You'll live your life like you don't know what to do, where to go, with no vision, with no, with no direction to life. You'll live your life like no one cares and no one's interested in you. You'll live your life like doing everything in your own power and your own strength and your own ability and constantly be living under a sense of failure. You'll live as an orphan, but you don't need to live that way. Because I'm sending you another helper that will be there with you forever. Can you say amen? The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think the key to all this is to learn to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Listen, because he's a person, then I can develop an intimate relationship with him. Sometimes our view is the Holy Spirit is only a language. Or the Holy Spirit is only a manifestation. We lose sight that he's a person. And because he's a person, I can have a close intimate relationship with him. Yes, he does manifest himself. Yes, he does enable people to speak in tongues. But he's more than that, amen? How would you be like, how would, it's, it's like you, it's like someone saying to you, you, all you've been known about is your nose. You know, oh, that's the person with the nose. Oh, oh you mean that person with the nose? Oh yes, the, their nose is, they've got this amazing nose. Oh yeah, you, that, that nose. And after that, how many would just like to be known as you're the one with the nose? How many would like to be known like that? And if we only see the Holy Spirit in those terms, that's almost what we're saying. Oh, he does manifest himself. He does enable people to, to use a language. But he is far, 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 far more than that. He's a person that we can get to know and build a relationship with him. He's the third person of the Trinity. 
He's everywhere. Isn't that wonderful? He's omnipresent. You know what, sometimes? Although he's everywhere, it doesn't mean he manifests himself everywhere. When I use the word manifest, I mean when he feels very real. You can almost touch him. How many want that kind of lifestyle? The Holy Spirit has been so real to you, you can almost touch him. That's when he manifests himself. Although he is everywhere, yet you can live your life and the Holy Spirit is distant and far from you. And God desires to manifest the Holy Spirit through you. Isn't that wonderful? He wants to manifest his life through you. He wants to work his life through you. And I think God has, has placed an obligation on his body that we are carriers of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are vessels that he wants to work through. We are vessels that he wants to use. You might say, well, what, what if I don't want him to use me? Then you find somebody else, amen? He's looking for vessels that he can work through. Vessels of honour. You know, my mum, I don't know why she ever did this, but she used to have like this side cabinet of these, they were, I suppose they were the expensive cups. They were the posh cups. They were the cups that, you know, the truth was they were cups that were never used. They were just there. They, they were never used. They, they were just there. I mean, you'd have to have the queen come to the house for them to be taken out, you know what I mean? They were, they were always there but never used. And I could never work out why these posh cups, and they used to collect dust, didn't they? Or dust in there. But they were never ever used. Vessels are never used. I don't think God wants that for us, amen? He doesn't want us to be vessels that are kind of put on the shelf that are never really ever used. God has called us to be vessels that he can work through, that he can flow through, that he can do some amazing things through. In other words, we become his eyes, we become his hands, we become his feet. We become his vessels that he can work and touch a hurting, broken world. Can you say amen? Vessels of the Holy Spirit. People that he can truly work through. God does a work in us so he can work through us. Now, let me just draw, as I carry on with it, let me just say this. That I think revival comes and the key to it is people who are totally yielded to the Holy Spirit. That's the key. The key to developing a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit is to be totally yield to Him. Amen? Totally yield to Him. That means the moment you get up, He's in control of your life. Your life is motivated by Him. You listen to His promptings. You listen to His leadings. You acknowledge Him in everything you do. The reason why many don't know the Holy Spirit as a person is because they very rarely acknowledge him. When was the last time you acknowledged the Holy Spirit was with you? When was the last time you acknowledged his presence in your life? Recognised he was with you? Because when you acknowledge him, when you recognise him, you develop a consciousness that is there with you. Is that right? If I never give any time to him, if I never acknowledge him, if I never speak to him, if I never if I never recognise him or acknowledge him in my life, if I'm ignoring him, then he's never going to work in me. And I've got to say, Holy Spirit, I want to get to know you. So I'm going to follow your promptings, your leadings. I'm going to acknowledge you every moment of my life. I'm going to acknowledge you with me. Can you imagine 
with me and Andrew, if I never spoke to her or ever communicated or even acknowledged it ever. As long as my food was on the table, <laughs> my washing was done, then that's all I would care about. But I'd never acknowledge her, never really even recognise her there. Annie would say that's a recipe for a good marriage, amen? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say on the same way the Holy Spirit, if you never acknowledge him, if you never talk to him, if you never recognise his presence in your life, how many would think that's not a good recipe for a good relationship, amen? I've just got to communicate. You know, every day I come in and say, Holy Spirit, I talk to the Holy Spirit. I communicate to him. I acknowledge him in my life. I say, thank you, Lord. I'm a temple. I'm your temple. I acknowledge you in my life. I acknowledge I can't do without you. I'm dependent on you. Lead me, prompt me, direct my life. I recognize you in my life. I remember Catherine Coleman, a woman who really, did, who really recognized the person of the Holy Spirit. I remember what she said. I remember seeing on video once. She said this. She says, you know, the Holy Spirit is more real to me than any person in this room. Wow. More real to me than any person in this room. How many want that kind of relationship? That says, Holy Spirit, you are more real to me than any person physically alive. You're real to me. But that's what the Holy Spirit wants to be to you. Somebody so real, so alive. Your helper in life. And always remember this. We are not his, we are not, he's not our servant, we are his servant, amen. We live for him. You know what that means? It means acknowledging him. It means recognising things that grieve him. If you really want to live a life that's closely related to the Holy Spirit, then you do things that please him. You don't do anything that's going to grieve him. Anything that's going to hurt him. Anything that's going to push him away. We do things that we say, Holy Spirit, I only want to do things that please you, things that delight you, things that bring pleasure to your heart. Can you say amen? And you acknowledge him, you speak to him, you talk to him, you give him your attention. Isn't that tragic? The Holy Spirit is with us, but often we ignore him. Often we don't rely on him, often we don't trust him, often we don't let him work in us. We ignore him through most of our day and most of our week and dare I say even most of our life when we could have the greatest friend he could ever have, amen? The person of the Holy Spirit. He's been sent to help us, to work with us. Do you remember when your children were small? They'd say things like this, I can do this, thank you, I can do this. There's that lovely stage where they just sat in your lap and they just relied on you, depended on you. In their misguided way, they thought you were the most amazing person on the earth. Remember that? You know, just, oh, you're amazing, you're awesome, Dad. Oh, you're awesome and great. Then there's that stage of independence. And they say, well, I can do that. I hope you shoelace. No, I can do that, shoelace. Well, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. And it's almost this sense they feel now they can do everything by themselves. So only years later, they understand something of the wisdom of, 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 of parents. Amen? But the point is often we're like that with the Holy Spirit. He's come to help us. And we think we can do it by ourselves. I can do that. No, I'm alright, I can do it. I don't need your help. I can do that. He's there to help us. And we are actually continually not letting him help us. If he's a helper, then let him help you. Can you say amen? 
He's there to help you. He's there to, to be your helper, to be your strengther. In fact, the Greek word for, for, for helper is parakletos, which means one who is called alongside to help. I don't think you'll ever be an effective Christian without the Holy Spirit's help. I don't think you'll ever be anything God called you to be without the Holy Spirit's help. I don't think you'll achieve anything without the Holy Spirit's help. Nothing of eternal value and nothing of fruitful living will ever come unless you are living a life depending on the Holy Spirit. Amen? You'll never achieve anything of any use, of value, without the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because what we want is what heaven wants. Amen? Have you thought about this? The God's plans are already blessed. We often say, here's a great idea, God, now bless it. Here's my plan, now bless it. But the truth is, if it's God's plan, it's already blessed already, amen? So we need to say, Lord, we want your will, your purse, because if it's your will, it is already blessed. And he wants to lead you and us. You know what thing about the Holy Spirit He never forces you or pressurises you. He prompts you. Let me give you an example. Now we're walking down the road, like, walking down the road, just tap me on the shoulder. I'm used to that. And keep just tapping me on the shoulder. That's what the Holy Spirit does all the time. He's he's prompting you, he's tapping your shoulder. What he doesn't do, Joey, just come here. He wants to, you just push me. As hard as you can, well, as, almost as hard as you, within reason, can do. Uh, what were you doing for lunch, Joey? Uh, uh, uh. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't force you or, 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 or dictate to you. He gently, you know what the Bible says? It's those who are sons of God are, what led. Not driven, they are led. And the Holy Spirit prompts and gently leads. And if we'll follow his promptings and leadings, we're going to see incredible, awesome things for him. We've just got to learn to depend on him. Not depend on our own ability. Say, Lord, you know, I think sometimes when you do things in your own ability, you know what you have to do? You have to force it. You have to make it happen through your own ability and strength. And that's why it's fail. I see so many people who are forcing something. They're trying to make something happen. Because they're not relying on the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit's in it, you won't have to force anything. You won't have to manipulate anything. You won't have to try to drive something through. Because the Holy Spirit is this amazing helper who will just let you gently lead and direct. How many want the Holy Spirit more and more? The other thing about the Holy Spirit is this. He comes to glorify Jesus. I think something's gripped my heart more than ever is a burning yearning in my heart that Jesus will be glorified. That has got to be our overwhelming desire is that Jesus will be lifted up, that Jesus will be glorified in everything I do. See, when the Holy Spirit's not really centre of your life, that won't be your, that won't be your main motivation. You'll do it for yourself. You'll, you'll do it to for a pat on the back for yourself. But when the Holy Spirit is the centre of everything, he always comes to glorify Jesus. 
as I said before, that the fame of Jesus would spread to this island. And the more the Holy Spirit works, the more the fame of Jesus spreads through Guernsey. Can you say amen? Because he comes to glorify Jesus. He comes to make Jesus known. He wants to glorify Jesus. And when you're motivated and controlled by him, you always want to make Jesus honoured and glorified. He makes Jesus so real to you. The closer I get to the Holy Spirit, the closer I get to Jesus. The more real Jesus is, the more real he becomes in my life. Because that's what the Holy Spirit comes to help us with. How many want Jesus to be so real to them? So real. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do, to make Jesus real. Let me quickly, as I close, let me just show you a few ways the Holy Spirit helps us. Here's the first thing. He enables you, he empowers you. Just a few things the Holy Spirit helps you to do. Here's the first thing. He helps you to have assurance of salvation. Turn me Romans 8, verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by, heart, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, what the Holy Spirit does, he helps you to have a sense of security in your relationship with your Father God. He assures you of your salvation. He assures you of that of, of, an, of a, a relationship with your Father God. And that changes everything. Because unless I have that sense of security of having my relationship with Father, you know, I'm full, I'm full of condemnation. I never feel good enough with what I do. I always feel it's never quite enough. I'm just not secure in my relationship with Father. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit brings a a spirit of adoption. I think Jesus received that at his baptism. Even when we cried out, the word of the Father came, this is my beloved Son, who I'm well pleased with. That awareness that now his heavenly Father and his relationship with him. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He makes you it makes you feel the, the affirmation of Father. See, a lot of people live their life and they've never felt an affirmation of a Father. A Father tells them, you're amazing, you're fantastic, you're awesome, you're great. There's no one quite like you. You're an awesome person. Never heard those words spoken to the heart. But the Holy Spirit comes to bring those words of affirmation from Father. Tells you, you're special, you are unique. You are valued. You are awesome. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings a spirit of adoption. And you're able to say, Abba, Daddy, intimate relationship with Father. How? By the help for work of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing, very quickly. I like this one. Guidance. How many need guidance in life right now? John 16. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, will come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he is, he will speak. He will tell you all things. In scripture, you're not told 
specifically what job to do, is that right? didn't say, by the way, uh, you ought to do this job. It never clearly told you what you... It doesn't specifically tell you who you should marry or what you should do. But the Holy Spirit guides every detail of your life. The great prayer of Paul for the church was that, is that we might receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the Holy Spirit brings revelation. He reveals to you the kind of job you should do, if you'd, if you'd listen. He'd direct you in relationships. He'd direct you in every small detail of life. He'd direct you in every, every area of life. Because he comes to guide us into what all truth, is that right? He's a spirit of truth. And he comes to lead us. He comes to direct us. And he would say he knows more about living a successful life than you do. Is that right? He even knows about your business. He even knows about your place of work. He knows how to make you a better worker, if I can put it that way. He knows how, how, how to make you a, business, a better businessman or, or a better this and a better that. He knows how to lead you and direct you. He'll show you what deals to do and what not to do. They're awesome. How do you want a kind of partner like that? He's called the Holy Spirit. Let me give you one verse, which I think is powerful. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession with us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That word weakness there, some of you may have the word infirmity. I mean, not the word infirmity. And what that word means, actually, is lack of ability to produce results. Or lack of ability to produce desired effects. I'd love to do it, but I don't know how to do it. I'd love to achieve that, but I don't know how to do it. Almost as a lack, a lack of ability. I'd love to do it, but I haven't got the ability to do it. And so we look at sometimes a challenge of life, or we look at something we feel God has called us to do, and we don't feel we have the ability to do it. But, aren't you glad about this? The Holy Spirit helps us in our inability. He helps us in our weakness. He helps us where we can't do what we want to do. He gives us the resources and the power and the ability to do it. Can you say amen? How many sometimes think, you know what? I wish I could love better. I wish I could love more. I wish I had a greater ability to love. Or, I wish I had a greater ability to have some joy. Some of us need a bit of joy, amen? Or, I wish I was more patient. More peaceful. I wish I was more faithful. But you know what? All those are fruits of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And so, where I lack love, if I'm lacking love in my life, then I need to take a drink. The drink of the new wine. Because the more I drink of the new wine, the more love I have. The more joy I have. The more peace I have. The more strength I have, the more ability I have. Because that's what the Holy Spirit will produce in me when I'm filled with him, amen? So if I've got lack in these areas, then the Holy Spirit comes to make up for my lack, 
to make me a, a massively loving person, to make me a person of joy, to make me a person that's so peaceful in the midst of struggles and challenges, to make me patient when I want to rush ahead, to make me faithful when I want to just give up and run away. The Holy Spirit comes to produce what you could not produce of yourself. So if you lack love, say, Lord, I need another drink, amen? (laughs) I need another drink of the new wine to get a bit more love and more joy, and that's what I'm lacking in my life. So wherever areas of your life where there's lack, then the Holy Spirit comes to make up for that lack. Can you say amen? comes to give you the ability that you need. And lastly, I'll close with this. He gives you the power to impact your world. You shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses for me to the ends of the earth. See, we focus on things like tongues. And that's nothing wrong, that's great, that's an important, that's a great part of what the Holy Spirit does. But, that's not what it says. It says, you shall receive power. And the reason why you shall receive power is so that you will be a witness. That word witness there actually means a proof producer that Jesus is alive. How many want to produce the proof that Jesus is alive? Then you shall receive power that will equip you, enable you to produce the evidence to a, to a, to a, to a, to a broken world that Jesus is alive. He'll give you the power to do it. He'll enable you to do it. He'll give you the power to actually be a person that makes a difference in the world. Why is that so important? I'll tell you why it is. A swamp is a swamp because it has no outlet. A river is a river because it has lots of rivers flowing through it and moving and going forward and moving. It's got an outlet. The Dead Sea is the Dead Sea because it's got no outlet. Water comes into it, but water doesn't go out of it. And that's why a swamp is a swamp. And Jesus says you will receive power so you will be an outlet. Because if you don't become an outlet, what you're going to become, you're going to become a swamp. Because you've got no outlet. It's all for you. You're just inward looking. But Jesus says you'll receive power so you'll be an outlet. You don't just get it just to... There's lots of benefits, but it's there to enable you to be an effective, powerful, awesome witness to the fact that Jesus is alive. And you'll find this, the more filled you get, the more you'll want to share the more you'll want to tell people of his love. Because that's what's stirring in your heart. That's what's moving in your heart. The spirit, the power, enabling you and equipping you to be a mighty witness for Jesus. Let's just bow our heads right now in these moments. I want you to come before him. And right now, I just want you just very quietly, just for a few moments, we're going any further and say, Holy Spirit, forgive me if I've neglected you. But right now in these moments, I acknowledge you. I need your help. I need the help of you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you right now that you're, you're the person that has come to live in me. Holy Spirit,
I acknowledge your help. I acknowledge you in my life right now. And where you've neglected to talk to him or, or communicate to him or acknowledge his presence with you and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, I've just tried to do so much in my own power and my own strength. Forgive me, I've not relied on you as I should have relied on you. Forgive me that I've not developed a personal relationship with you as I should have done. You're the wonderful helper. Jesus says, without me, you could do nothing. And he's talking there, the personal. Without him, you can't do anything. The word nothing means nothing. But with him, you can do everything. I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one and his anointed. I can do all things through him. who strengthens me and empowers me to live the life he's called me to live. Hallelujah. We don't want to live a mediocre, normal, average life. We want to live a, a mighty life, full of the Holy Spirit, full of his joy and his peace and his love, touching a broken world, living beyond our own ability. When was the last time you did something that was beyond your ability to do it? It's time we let go and let the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine just the group us here today who are absolutely filled with the Holy Ghost? absolutely saturated with the Spirit, we would shake Guernsey. Guernsey would be shaken by the very power of a people filled with his power. When you need wisdom for maybe a work situation, Lord, I ask for wisdom. How, how do I deal with Lord? How many want help with, as a parent, in a marriage, in a decision? He said, I've come to help you to take you beyond your own ability and strength so you can be all that you were meant to be. That's the cry of every human heart. Surely there's more than this. Surely I'm, live, I'm meant to live a far higher and superior life than what I'm living. I'm meant to live a big life, a successful, powerful life for Jesus. He's come to help Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Healing Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelan.co.uk.